here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. And sometimes because we've been bent by sin, God keeps us in the trial so that he could rebend us and correct us. And it takes a long time. And you're waiting in that situation and God's developing faith in you. You say, Lord, I believe you. I can't see the answer, but I trust you. God, I don't understand why this is this way, but Lord, I trust you. God, I can't see another step, but I know you're there. Sin bends us, definitely the wrong way, but it does indeed change us. When we allow sin to take control of us, we become misshapen, not who God intended us to be. Pastor Ed reminds us today that when we realize how out of perspective we have become, we need to turn to God. We need to allow Him to bend us back to where we were and into who He sees us being. It won't be easy or pain-free most likely, but in the end, it will be worth it. God's mold for us is much better than we can create. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, God's Timing. John 11, verse 1. This is the seventh miracle that Jesus performs in the Gospel of St. John. A sign that has tremendous implications. We're going to look at verses 1 to 16, beginning to read chapter 11, verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory, so that the God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to the disciples, let's go back to Judah. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when we walk by the night that we stumble, for he has no light. Jesus answered. Verse 11, How mysterious his actions after he said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. So that you may believe. 
but let's go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. What a story. It has within it an understanding of God's mysterious timing in your life. Sometimes we stand puzzled at why God doesn't move sooner. Why God doesn't do things when we think he should. Within the story is the secret of God's timing in your life. Do you remember the old hymn, Does Jesus Care? Listen to the words of some of the stanzas. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for myrrh a song? Has the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long? Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? As the daylight fades into deep night shades, does he care enough to be near? Listen to this third stanza. Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong? When for my deep grief I find no relief to my tears flow all night long. Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me and my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks? Now the song of course answers that in the chorus and says, oh yes he cares, I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. The songwriter asks the question, does Jesus care? Puts it into his song. It's put into the hymn book. And hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people resonate with that song, Does Jesus Care? Because they wonder, does Jesus really care? Now that question comes so forcefully to us because oftentimes it seems like God doesn't work when we think he should work. I had some friends, and some of you are those friends, who were never on time. I mean, you're perpetually late. You run on another time clock. There's some people that, and you can't wait till they get there because they have an interesting story to tell you why they're so late. I mean, so it's real good. I have other friends who are always early. I mean, you tell them at 11 o'clock, they're going to be there 15 minutes early. They, they, they have, they're, 
they don't want to even think about late. And still there are others who are there just on time. I mean, they just say 9.30. They're right there at 9.30. Not a minute early, not a minute late. They walk right in, right exactly to the second. They're just on time. I think one of our difficulties is we wonder, God, what type of timepiece do you use? You never work according to what I think you should do. Your timing is so different from mine. Well, this portion of scripture opens for us a picture of how God works in the life of his people. God's timepiece runs and is governed by his love for us. His timing is governed by his love for us. If you look at the biblical text, it's real clear. In verses 3 and 5, So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Two different words for love are used here. One is phileo, which means a friendship love. And then another word is used for love in this context, the agape love. That speaks of divine, spiritual love. Jesus loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha as a friend, and he loved them with a divine love. You could know one thing. You could be assured of one thing here. Jesus loved them. But here, if you look at the text real carefully, when he hears they're sick, he waits. When he hears Lazarus is sick, he just simply waits. Did that make sense to Mary and Martha? They're looking down the road. Is Jesus here? No, he's not here yet. Is he coming? No, no, he's not coming. No, the message got to him, but he's not coming. The neighbors, he spent a lot of time over your house. Where is he? Uh, You've told us how he loves you. Where is he? Doesn't that sometimes happen in the Christian's life? You love Jesus? Where is he in your life? You love the Lord? You go to church, you pray, you read your Bible. Where is he? Love's delays. Just because he loves you, he doesn't come when you expect him to come. His delays are for your benefit. The time clock that God uses in your life It's so different than you would make if you were to govern God, but uh, he won't let you govern him. He has a mind all of his own. He's a God all by himself. God knows exactly what he's doing in your life. You're there waiting and you're praying and you're wondering and you're saying, God, when, God, when? When, when, when? And the weeks turn into months and the months turn into years. God waits because he loves you. 
something's happening inside of you during this time. God's love for us is not like our love for him. God's love for us, you can bank on it. Someone has said, on the whole, God's love for us is much a safer subject to think about than our love for him. I mean, he loves you. The shortest verse in the Bible is found in this chapter. Jesus wept. And then it says in verse 36, Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. They knew, they saw. Jesus loved Lazarus. But God was going to give Lazarus an after-death experience. God was going to test and to try the faith of Mary and Martha. God was going to do something very special in their life. When there's a delay to the answer of your prayers, know God's working behind the scenes and it's for your good. You may not understand it. You may not comprehend it. You may not be able to put it all together But God does what he does because he loves you. Now, God's timing is governed by his love for us, but God's timing is also developed, develops faith in us. When God looks at us, he wants us to develop a deep, intimate faith in him. In the text, verse 15, it says, And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Let us go to him. What God was doing at this particular moment was to develop their faith. And so he's delaying his going. And and so there Mary is, and she's thinking, Oh, Lord, where are you? Where are you? You're late. Martha's there. She's doing something in the kitchen to distract herself. She's doing something over here to uh, distract herself. And she's thinking, Where is he? Where is he? He's, why isn't he coming? What God is doing is inside, he's forming faith in them. Doesn't, you know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm saying. God does something in your life and you look back and say, why didn't I trust him? Why didn't I believe? I mean, you're going through a dark time and the spirit comes to you and speaks to your heart and mind. Don't you remember how he was faithful in the past? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Don't you remember how he answered your prayer in the past? Oh, yeah, I remember that. But here you are, and all of a sudden, you start doubting, questioning, wondering. The disciples in that boat, in the midst of the storm, they had seen the multiplication of the loaves and the fish, miracles taking place right in the hands of Jesus. And now in the storm, they forgot the miracle. And they thought they were going to lose their lives. And Jesus corrects them and says, where's your faith? And he gets up and he rebukes the winds and the waves and it stops. And suddenly they realize they're with someone who has power over nature. Something. About Jesus is so different. His timing in your life is because he loves you. You're waiting and waiting and wondering at times. 
God knows exactly when to come. He knows exactly when to open that door. He knows exactly when to part that Red Sea. He knows exactly when to answer that prayer. And now, sometimes God's way of answering that prayer is to deliver you out of it. At other times, it's to take you through it. Sometimes God's purposes are hidden from our eyes, but we can be assured of this. His time clock is based on his love for you. His time clock is based on the fact that he wants to develop faith in you. Someone has said, clouds in our lives are sent many times to bring the showers of blessing and how true it is. I remember I had a Caprice, a Chevy Caprice, and I was in an accident. It was a brand new car. It really should have been totaled, but somehow, because it was new, they didn't. And so I would go to the body shop, and this was years ago, and I'd wonder, how long is this going to take? I says, no, it takes a long time. We have to re-bend it. And we got to keep it in that position before it will really straighten out. And sometimes because we've been bent by sin, God keeps us in the trial so that he could rebend us and correct us. And it takes a long time. And you're waiting in that situation and God's developing faith in you. You say, Lord, I believe you. I can't see the answer, but I trust you. God, I don't understand why this is this way, but Lord, I trust you. God, I can't see another step, but I know you're there. God, oh, you're my good shepherd. Hallelujah. Oh, you're Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. God, you're my peace. God, you're my healer. What is happening in the midst of that, in the midst of your trial, your faith is growing. You're seeing God develop faith within you. This is what happens in John chapter 2 where it says, he thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. The mother of Jesus, Mary, wanted him to perform a miracle at the feast at Cana of Galilee. And he said, listen, mom, my timing is not your timing. Now later on he's going to do the miracle there and he does do a miracle. But he clearly tells them that his timing doesn't work by our timepiece. It works by his. And so when he does it, there's a miracle, and they know it's a miracle. It's at the very end, and he turns this water into wine, and the disciples believe. See, what happens in the crisis, what happens in the trial, what happens when God comes through, when he comes through, is you know it's God, you know it's not man, you know it's not somebody else, you know it couldn't have just happened, it was sent by God's divine hand. And that's what Jesus is doing. He said, I'm going to show you. And you're going to know that you know that you know that you know who I am. So God's timing is to develop faith in us. God's timing is to reveal his glory to us. In verse 4, rather. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory. So that God's son may be glorified through it. The sickness God was going to use. The occasion 
God was going to use. God will use those difficult trials and difficult things that happen in our life for his glory. It doesn't cause them. It didn't happen that way. But God can take it and utilize it and use it. What does it mean for his glory? Well, we see his beauty, his splendor, his wonder. Suddenly we get a glimpse into who he is and what he is like. When Jesus walked to the gravesite and said, Lazarus, come forth. And that man came out of the grave. They suddenly realized he's different than any other person we've ever seen. They were seeing his glory. Uh, In the midst of the trial, when Moses was in the wilderness, in the midst of leading those people in those wilderness years, uh, Moses wants to pray. He says, show me thy glory. See, when you see God's glory, it gives you strength. When you see God's glory, it gives you an inner spiritual strength. He said, I want you to see my glory. That was his prayer. If you look at John 17, it says... Jesus is praying, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. God wants you to see his splendor. To see him is to love him. When you really know him, you can't help but love him. When you really see him, there's nobody as beautiful as Jesus. No painter can paint No movie director can direct. No actor can act. No preacher can articulate how beautiful the Lord is. When you see him for who he is, you just fall in love with him. You see his glory. It's his glory that brought you out of the darkness. And often his glory is revealed in the moment of suffering and trial and questions. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. When Jesus was on the cross, you could see in the midst of his suffering, in the midst of his pain, his glory, his glorious love. His glorious compassion. You see like a veil taken from before your face. The glory of a God who loved you so much as unworthy as you are. As sinful as you are. God embraced you on the cross of Calvary. Uh, When you see his glory, something happens on the inside. And so he's... His timepiece, he works so that you will see the glory of God. Suddenly in that trial, you see God come when walking, as I said, as your shepherd. You see him as Jehovah Jireh, the God of supplies. You see him as your healer. You see him as your peace. You see him as your sustainer. You see him as the mighty God. You see him as the one who carries you through in the midst of your trials. You get a glimpse of his glory and everything changes on the inside. If you're listening today and you've recently placed your faith in Jesus, 
This has been a perfect message for you. The Gospel of John is one of the very best places in the whole of the Bible for new believers to begin studying. And it's not just for new believers either. For those of us who have walked with Jesus for some time, it's always a wonderful reminder of who we're following. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you'll find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith and to access an archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.